Welcome to the All or Something Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Kepler, and this podcast is all about ditching black and white thinking and exploring the gray areas of health, happiness, and everything in between. If you're ready to feel empowered and inspired, then let's get to it. Hello, and welcome to episode 65 of the All or Something Living Podcast, and today we're going to cover one of my favorite topics that I surprisingly haven't covered before, Uh, probably because it's very deep and technical, but I'm going to try to keep it as basic as I can. Um, I mean, I guess it doesn't have to be technical, especially if we're at podcast level, but we're going to test it out and see how it goes. But first of all, I'm recording this on November 14th, but when you're listening to this, it's December 16th. So I'm going to sound preemptively excited because I know that as you're listening to this, my man is probably home by now from his deployment. And I'm really excited and um, just, yeah, on top of the world because he's been gone since May 27th and so it's overdue and... So I probably spent this last weekend with him, but we shall see how things go. Because if you are a military spouse or you know anything about the military, you know that you hurry up and wait and you believe it when you see it. So we will see how it really goes. But hopefully by December 16th, when you're listening to this, he'll be home safe in my arms and we'll be ready to celebrate Christmas next week. Oh my gosh, can you believe it? Christmas next week, you guys, the end of the year. And something interesting is last year, um, around this time when I was making my new year's resolutions and stuff, I remember I looked at Jason and I was like, no kidding, Jason. I mean it this time. I'm going to make $12,000 in my business this year. Did it happen? No. Am I quitting? No. (laughs) I honestly, this year has been such a journey for me and it's been so good when that it's been so good that he did go off on his deployment because sometimes it, sometimes it is good for us to grow, when we're apart from each other, not grow apart, but like grow as individuals when we're apart. And this has been a really good season of self-discovery for me and really digging deep and figuring out the direction I want to go in my life and in my business. And as you know, I restarted school. I went back into college as a full-time student in January and that kicked my ass this year. That was more challenging and time-consuming than I thought it would be. It was actually it's turned out to be much more than a full-time job. Thankfully, I had the summer off and I didn't have to work. That was really nice, but then I overbooked myself with trips, but I grew so much from those trips and then as the end of the year is approaching, I ran my first half marathon this year. Um And I have just grown in so many ways, and I think that I'm just a better version of myself by the end of this year. So I'm really proud of that, and I've decided to no longer put monetary values on my goals because I think that puts a lot of pressure on me. It puts a lot of pressure on our relationship because Jason brings it up often, obviously, because like he's excited about money, but... I've just done a lot of money mindset work this year as well, and 
I've just decided that I thrive the most when I am fully focused on just being the best version of myself as often as possible. And so when I'm focused on trying to get clients, trying to make sales, trying to hit a certain monetary value, I lose track of my goal and my mission. I lose track of my vision, the reason why I'm doing all of this. And so what I'm really going to be focusing on as we go into the new year is really just figuring out how can I stay in alignment and and inspired as often as possible? How can I be the most joyful person? How can I connect with others on a deeper level? And then I truly believe that my mission will come from that place and that whatever money is meant to come will come my way, not like magically, but you know, the opportunities will present themselves and I'll feel ready for them because I'll have grown and, and gotten myself to a place where I'm ready to receive. Receiving is huge. And if you can't receive, if you don't feel comfortable receiving, you're going to block yourself from a lot of things. And I know this firsthand because that's been me for a really long time. So I'm going to work on receiving as well. So I'm wondering if you're working on some new year's resolutions or, um, If you have some ideas in mind or goals for next year, I know sometimes New Year's resolutions can be a controversial topic. And usually I don't mean New Year's resolutions per se, as in these like quick goals that we kind of fall off the wagon within the first month of the year too. But what does your vision look like for next year? Or who are you trying to be um, in the following months or in the next few months? Or even just what's your next step? Where do you want to go next? So if you haven't already joined, I would love to have you in the all or something lifestyle Facebook group. I created it for all of us to get in there and work on our goals together and get inspired and talk about the people we're trying to become and just living a very compassionate lifestyle, bringing that compassion to ourselves and extending it to others. So I have a feeling this is going to be a little bit of a longer episode today because we are hitting on such a topic that I feel very passionate about and we're already six minutes in in the introduction. Usually I don't do introductions this long, but again, you just remember that I'm really excited right now because my man is home and we are a family again. Yay. And I, <laughs> I hope you're celebrating with me. But anyway, come join us in the all or something lifestyle Facebook group and let's talk New Year's resolutions or visions for next year or whatever is on your mind. All right, so let's get into the episode. So intuitive eating, how can it help you? What is it? What is intuitive eating anyway? So we'll talk first about what it is. I'll do my best to explain this. Um, what it is, and then I'll tell you my experience with it, and then I'll share a few of the principles of intuitive eating with you so you can start to get an idea if you're interested in diving in because next summer I plan on becoming certified as an intuitive eating counselor, which is the authors of the book are registered dietitians who um, they facilitate trainings in order to help other health professionals such as myself become certified intuitive eating counselors because truly intuitive eating is a is not just a fad it's something that's backed up by science by years and years of science it actually i forget the exact year it came about but it's like i think i want to say it was back in the 90s but it's just catching on and it's just becoming 
more popular, I think, because people are so sick of diet culture and realizing that diets don't work. And, and so intuitive eating is something that has emerged that has really helped people heal their relationships to food and, and themselves extending beyond that. Um, and it's something that you can combine with your health goals with if you have something such as if you have diabetes or you have, say, like ulcerative colitis, if you have any sort of illnesses or conditions, you can use intuitive eating to help you with that as well. So intuitive eating is basically, well, it's a lot like what it sounds like learning how to eat intuitively. So we were born as naturally intuitive eaters, meaning we were able to understand what hunger and fullness felt like. You know, when we were hungry, we cried for food. When we were finished, we we stopped eating. It was no big deal. As we started to grow up or get older, we knew the kind of foods that we wanted to eat. We knew what we didn't want to eat. But somewhere along the line, our parents told us, our parents intervened and started to tell us just because of what they had learned, no fault to them. Um, They were doing their best, but they learned to bribe us with food or to tell us to finish our plate or to say, if you finish what's on your plate, you can have dessert or you need to eat this or ew, I don't like that. So you shouldn't eat it either. There's a lot of things. And then as we got older, especially um, in diet culture, feeling dissatisfaction with our bodies, we started to experience what it was like to diet and diet dieting and following meal plans. All that takes us further away from our natural intuitive nature of knowing what our body um, desires and what's good for our body and what's not so good for our body, um, or what feels good to us and rather what doesn't feel good to us. And so it's basically a way of getting back in tune with those signals of getting in tune with yourself as a result, um, and breaking up with diets. And so the preface of intuitive eating, and if you've heard of intuitive eating, you might've heard of it referred to as the hunger and fullness diet. And a lot of people try to base it on that simply just hunger and fullness, which is not accurate because there is so much more, there are so many more complexities to this. And I think a lot of people fear these new concepts that are coming out, um, these new, this new research, this new activism that is around people in larger bodies because we have been taught to fear food. We've been taught to fear fat. We've been taught to fear a lot of different things. And so just like the health at every size movement, a lot of people haven't done their research before making their opinions uh, on it. And I personally am coming to you having done a lot of research and continuing to do more research and everything that I have learned up to this point has been extremely, um, has made more sense than anything else has and has been applicable to my own life. So everything that I'm talking to you about here today is something I've applied to my own life for years now. And so I do actually, um, have experience with it. I'm not just, you know, talking out of my ass and bringing up another fad. So intuitive eating is something that is a long-term solution for a lot of reasons. Again, I'm going to make this episode as simple as I can. So it's a way to break up with diets 
to reconnect with your body. If you ever hear of a coach talking about intuitive eating and intentional weight loss together, they are not the coach to hire because you can't learn to eat intuitively if you're focused on weight loss. And if you have any questions about that, that's an entirely different, I guess, rant or topic. So if you have any, if you have any specific questions for anything in this episode, you can pop into the Facebook group or you can find me on Instagram at Lauren M. Kepler. I'm always happy to answer your questions, but please come to me with an open mind and an air of curiosity and not of judgment or um, trying to prove me wrong because I will not engage in conversations with people who are not ready to hear my side of things. And I like to hear other people's side of things. However, I have been involved in diet culture for over 10 years up to this point. So I already know about fad diets. I've already done all the research. And so now it's time for me to speak out about my experience. And that is what I'm willing to share with you. So now that we've gotten there, um, let's talk about what gets most people into intuitive eating, because again, it can be really scary to give up on the prospect of weight loss, first of all. And that's where it started for me. So I'll talk a little bit about my journey with this. So I had been dieting since the age of 11, um, on and off, and I had a terrible relationship to my food, to my food, to my body and to food. And I hit a point when I was about 25 years old, where I was, where I had started intermittent fasting because I had tried every diet under the sun up to that point, And I thought, okay, maybe intermittent fasting is the solution. And every single diet, I felt that same way. Okay, let me try this. Let me try this. You have this like hope and this excitement that maybe this is that magic key that maybe this time you'll stick to it. And that was me with intermittent fasting. And I think for a lot of people right now, that mentality goes over to keto. A lot of people think that keto is going to be their magic solution. So intermittent fasting propelled me into the worst binge eating of my life. And when I'm speaking binge eating, um, in that case, I would go home and get home from work to be able to eat my first meal, which was at 1 p.m., and literally couldn't move from the fridge because I was so ravenous. So I'd stand in front of the fridge and just eat and eat and eat for probably like an hour straight. And I was like, this isn't normal. And at the time, unbeknownst to me, I already had binge eating disorder, which was different than that because binge eating disorder is also associated with, um, it's also associated with a lot of shame. So for me, My binges were characterized by me hiding them from Jason. If I was left alone in the house, I would literally plan a binge. I would eat um, a crazy amount of food in one sitting, and then I would eat until I felt physically sick, and then I felt really shameful about it afterwards. And I went on like that for years and years, and binge eating disorder is um, one of the newest eating disorders and probably one of the most misunderstood because any time that I talk to people about having binge eating disorder, they don't quite seem to grasp um, the level of shame that comes with it. And that's really what was the hardest part for me because it made me feel like there was something broken within me. There was something wrong with me. And I never told anybody how I felt because I, I literally thought that I was alone and I was the only person in it. And it wasn't until after I had healed my relationship to food that I was able to really uncover, you know, 
a lot of the reasons why I was doing what I was doing. And intuitive eating was one of the first tools that helped me heal my relationship to food. So I did, I hit this thing called diet bottom, which is one of the first introductory chapters in the intuitive eating book. And I will link a copy of the intuitive eating book in the show notes in case you're interested in reading. I highly recommend it. But anyway, so I had hit diet rock bottom. I was like, no more. I cannot live like this. If this is what it takes to be skinny or what I thought was healthy at the time, I don't want it. So I declared that day that I was never going to diet again. And I was, I, I threw away my scale. I was like, I don't care if I gain 300 pounds. Like I just cannot live like this anymore. And that's when I magically, well, synchronicity, synchron, I don't know, serendipitously <laughs> happened to find a podcast with Maddie Moon. And she was talking about, um, she was talking about not dieting anymore. And that kind of led me down this rabbit hole, which led me to intuitive eating and read me, led me into reading the book for the first time. And it changed everything for me. The, one of the first steps that I took after hitting rock diet rock bottom was neutralizing all foods and allowing myself to eat all these foods that I hadn't in so long, which also was really terrifying at first. I still had a lot of feelings at this time of, of again, fear that if I ate the wrong foods, I was going to kill myself. Like I was going to make myself really sick. I had a lot of fat phobia, um, still hanging around. There were a lot of things that went into it, but I just trusted the process. And I'm thankful that I did, especially me coming into it with no support. A lot of people need to seek support. And I actually suggest that you do seek support if you are going through this process, because it is not a linear healing process and it can be really confusing and it, you can, it can be really scary, honestly. And so I started to neutralize foods. Eventually, it evened out. It got to a point where food wasn't exciting to me anymore like it had, it used to be. Like I loved, I still love food and I enjoy, I really enjoy my mealtime, but I stopped obsessing over it. I stopped, my world stopped revolving around what food I was going to eat next or what food I wasn't going to eat next or what calories or macros I was going to count or how I needed to look up the menu for the um, restaurant that I was going to go to the following night. And now about five years into my journey of completely healing my relationship to food, I can safely study nutrition sciences and it doesn't lead me down this rabbit hole of the diet mentality again. So now I can prioritize nutrition and health in a way that feels aligned and doesn't feel obsessive. And I don't go back into dieting behaviors. And if I do, and I recognize I'm starting to get there, then I back off and I reassess and I go back to the principles of intuitive eating. So speaking of the principles of intuitive eating, I'm going to give you an overview of what the different principles are. Again, so if you're interested in going through this, you know what you have to look forward to. And hopefully it will encourage you as well to want to read the book and to see what it's all about truly. So principle one is rejecting the diet mentality. And that's where I started again. I I had decided I'm done with diets for good and made that declaration. And some people 
say that they're done with diets and then they fear that they took the wrong path and they'll go back to diets and then they'll realize that's not working for them anymore. This is kind of one of those things that once you wake up from it, once you wake up from like what diet culture feels like versus what freedom feels like, you never want to go back. So some people do go try and go back to dieting and realize like, no, because it really does take so much. It sucks so much of your life and your vibrancy away. So it's okay if you do feel like this is something you're interested in, but maybe you're not ready for it. It's fine if you do start to dive into it and realize you're not ready for it. Like whatever, at this point, I'm just trying to plant the seed for you and let you know this option is available if you're tired of your current situation. So the second principle is honoring your hunger. And this was probably one of the most difficult phases for me. I was just talking to a friend about that tonight because what we don't realize is there's a huge spectrum between hunger and fullness. What we think is that for me, at least I used to think that there was just extreme hunger or like my stomach was growling. Um, and then fullness I thought was, well, I guess, yeah, I, I thought both of them were at extremes, but there's a large spectrum in between. And so I learned about the, um, hunger and fullness scale. And that really helped me to start to detect those even smaller, nudges of hunger and fullness to so that now I don't have to go to the extremes of either end. I can just recognize when I'm starting to get hungry and I honor that hunger by eating. And then I recognize when I'm finished eating and I honor that fullness by finished by not eating anymore. So that's where people think that it's the hunger and fullness diet. However, some people again turn that into a diet mentality where oh intuitive eating means Intuitive eating means I can only eat when I'm hungry and I must stop when I'm full. And that's not the case because, again, it's more complex than that. And that's why um, this is something that I really want to coach people on because it's a it's a long process to get through the different phases. And so, um, so it's actually not... Um, Sometimes there are other times basically other than physical hunger or fullness that you'll choose to eat. Sometimes you choose to eat if you're not hungry because you want to, you have a craving for something or it's your birthday and you want to enjoy a piece of cake. So there's more to it than that. But that's principle number two. Principle three is to make peace with food. I had actually done that step second instead of third, but as I said, I made peace with food by neutralizing all foods and allowing, taking the judgments off of every single food and just allowing myself to experience the food and see how it felt for me. Do I actually enjoy this food? Do I not enjoy this food? How does this food make me feel combined with other foods? How does this food make me feel on an empty stomach? Figuring all those things out. Uh, then principle four is challenging the food police. The food police are the people that say you should eat this, you should eat that. They are the diet people who enforce all the diets. And especially in the wellness community right now, there are major food police talking about how all these foods are quote unquote so bad for you. I know some of the major ones right now that people are talking about are carbs and dairy and meat Um and so it's important to be able to recognize those judgments and figure out how to deal with them yourself and, and decide how you feel about things personally. Principle five is feel your fullness. So 
I guess, I, I guess you can start earlier with uh, recognizing hunger and then later down the line, you can work on fullness. Um, principle six is discover the satisfaction factor. And that is understanding that you're not just designed to eat for fuel, that satisfaction and satiety is an important factor in how you experience your meals as well and how you feel uh, after you're finished eating. Sometimes if you're not feeling satisfied, you're going to continue reaching for different foods and you're going to continue eating past fullness and you'll wonder why. And a lot of it has to do with satiety. Principle seven is coping with your emotions without using food. So as I've talked about on the podcast before, emotional eating has a really bad rap, but truly it's just a coping mechanism. And so in the book, Intuitive Eating, you learn different ways to, and different tools to add to your coping toolbox. Principle eight is respecting your body, um, respecting the way that you speak to your body, the way that you treat your body, and really learning to create this beautiful partnership with your body. And that really does change the way that you approach food as well and, and everything else in your life. Principle nine is exercise. Feel the difference. So feel the difference between what exercise looks like for punishment purposes or for calories in, calories out, trying to simply exercise for weight loss or for burning calories. And it means feel the difference as in see what it feels like to move your body because you love your body and because your body is designed to move and really exploring what kind of movement feels good to you. And that's another thing I was talking to my friend about tonight is she's going through the intuitive eating process and she's so excited to do certain workouts now, like to experiment with things like golfing, um, and, and, possibly running because she's always looked at exercise as a punishment. And now it's just as something that her body is capable of doing and being able to have that freedom to choose and to celebrate what her body is capable of has really already made her feel so much more free. And then the last principle, principle 10 is to honor your health with gentle nutrition. So as I said before, you have, you really should go through all of these other principles and get them down first before you can truly focus on nutrition. And again, it's gentle nutrition. It's truly about empowering yourself. So having the knowledge of what are the scientific studies saying, yada, yada, what, like what foods should I add to my plate? What variety should I have? Like, you know, just for me, even being a full-time college student in nutrition sciences, just learning the benefits of the different micronutrients and macronutrients and vitamins and minerals, you know, things like that has really helped me when I'm making choices. So when I have that idea of what do I feel like eating, I take into account these benefits as well and, and adding variety and eating eating lots of different types of foods throughout the week. And then they have a section on raising an intuitive eater. This is one of my favorite sections, and I tell everybody who has young children about it, um, or just children in general, what works with kids and teens. So learning how to allow them to find their own autonomy when it comes to food and, and be able to self-regulate their eating experience and what your role looks like in that. 
And then their chapter 16, they have um, a chapter on the ultimate path toward healing from eating disorders. Again, if you suspect you have an eating disorder, I highly recommend seeking professional help, but also being very aware of the kind of professionals out there and whether or not they are um, promoting weight loss behaviors. And some of the approaches with a lot of a lot of the traditional pr- approaches don't work anymore such as like binge eating disorder they'll send you to overeaters anonymous and try to get you to stop binging that way but that's going the other way you become more the reason one of the main reasons you're binging is because of restriction in the first place so that can really propel your eating disorder versus the intuitive eating approach can help you heal an eating disorder so i would look for a practitioner that does actually practice intuitive eating And then the epilogue is the science behind intuitive eating. So if you're interested in learning more about the science, because as I said, this is a science-based approach, not just a fad um, or something that a few dietitians put together. This is a long-standing, very solid approach to health. So um, let's see. The last thing I'll say on this topic is just basically... When you learn how to eat intuitively, you become what's called a normal eater, which means that you you basically, food stops becoming the focus of your life and you learn to just eat and move on and begin to focus on the things that really matter, which are, or to you, it's going to be individual, of course, but for me, really improved my relationship with Jason, my relationship to myself, my relationship to my friends. And, and I was able to, it, I mean, it's, it's actually really what helped me come up with the all or something lifestyle concept of learning how to live this life of self-compassion and live in the gray areas versus the black and white in the extremes. And so that is why intuitive eating can be a truly life-changing experience for you. If you're interested in learning more, again, find us in the All or Something Lifestyle Facebook or find me on Instagram at Lauren M. Kepler. And I would love to chat with you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope it's opened your eyes to new horizons and new possibilities. And I'm just so excited for you if if you are ready to step into a more woke version of yourself. So thank you for listening. Can't wait to talk to you again next week. Um, actually, you know what? Next week is Christmas week. So I'm not even gonna, I'm gonna let you have the next two weeks off. I'm going to not post any episodes for the next two weeks because I think it's important that we're all spending time with our loved ones and taking a break from the hustle and bustle of life. So I will talk to you in the new year and, um, I can't wait until then, but until then, remember that you are enough and you are doing enough.